Well, uh, last Sunday, if you weren't here, you can get on online just in case you want to. We finished the Gospel of John. Um, 77 messages in the Gospel of John, but many things in between. We did a whole series on the Holy Spirit in there. We did a whole series on worship in there. There's kind of stri- out, out of John. So it was, a, it was a lot longer than just, we didn't go 77 straight weeks, but we did 77 messages in the Gospel of John. And uh, we're done with that. And a lot of people, who are we going to do now? Right? And they're thinking it's something like Jude, real short. Uh, um, and, and probably for the end of the year, uh, we're not going to do a series, uh, although we're going to kind of, Jared and I are going to kind of team up and kind of do a, a Christmas series pointing to Christmas, but uh, we're not going to do it next year a book. We'll start that um, uh, sometime early next year, and uh, if you've got suggestions, I've got some things in mind, if you can imagine, we've got 66 books to pre- choose from. Now, I've preached through quite a few of them, but we got many more, all right? But if you've got some suggestions, I'd, I'd love to hear them, um, and if I hear a common theme, maybe that's what the Lord wants us to look at in his word, and if you're new here, we normally just teach two books of the Bible, because kind of how we've learned them best, right, is seeing them in context and, and allow God to speak to us like he would the, the original readers. Um, but this morning... Being that it is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I want to direct our t- attention to being thankful. Uh, thanks be to our God. If you couldn't see that in the songs, uh, um, uh, you should see that in the songs. It was about thanking the Lord. And the title of the message this morning is, Give Thanks to the Lord. Give Thanks to the Lord. And it's not an original title. I actually stole it from Psalm 136. So if you turn your Bibles to Psalm 136, uh, that's where we're going to be this morning in God's Word. And uh, let me let you get there. And, and due to the structure of this psalm, it's believed that it was an uh, uh, antiphonal, all right? And that's uh, A-T-I-P-H-O-N-A-L. And the th- the, it's not antiphonal, it's actually pronounced an- uh, antiphonal, all right? And what does that mean, all right? It means that one part of the congregation would sing one line, and the other part of the congregation would sing back. To the other part of the congregation, they would sing to each other about the Lord, and it would encourage their hearts. That's why I kind of like this arrangement. When we got a lot of people here, and we got people sitting here and here, seeing here, they kind of see each other. And I think we miss that if we're just looking at the back of people's heads. We are encouraged to sing out to the Lord when we see other people singing, and we see their expression. Now, and, I, and you all know that I love old hymns, but but I am kind of glad that that we don't we're not always looking down at the hymnal. Now, for those who read music, maybe it's tougher because we don't have the music up there, right? The, as far as the notes and those kind of things. I just read the bass clef or about four notes below the ba- bass clef. That's kind of where I hang out. But maybe that's tougher. But, but I like because our, our, our heads are up and we're looking up and, and we're, 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 we can see each other. And, and that's the, the, this type of song or this type of song, that was the purpose of it. For people to sing to each other about the Lord, to encourage each other in the Lord. So I thought because of that, we're not going to sing it. I don't know the tune, and we could probably make up a tune. Jared, you need to work on this psalm here on bringing some music to it. But I'm going to ask Jared to come up here, and we're going to do this um, how I believe that it was, it was actually sung. We're not going to sing it. We're going to say it um, to each other. So, Jared, if you, you would get a mic and get on this side, and, and I'll get a mic and get on this side. I'm going to have the words up here. and This side, okay, from here over, you, you're going to be with me, and we're going to say the first line of each verse. And they've got it easy because they're going to say the second line of each verse, which is the same, all the way through the psalm. In fact, they probably don't even have to look at this, but we, our side, will, okay? Um, So here we go. In Psalm 136, say this with me. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. 
For his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of gods. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him alone does great wonders. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made the heavens with skill. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who spread out the earth above the waters. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made the great lights. For his loving kindness is everlasting. The sun to rule by day. For his loving kindness is everlasting. The moon and stars to rule by night. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who smote the Egyptians in their firstborn. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And brought Israel out from their midst. For his loving kindness is everlasting. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And made Israel pass through the midst of it. For his loving kindness is everlasting. But he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who led his people through the wilderness. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who smote great kings. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And slew mighty armies or kings. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Sihon, king of the Amorites. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And Og, king of Bashan. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And gave their land as a heritage. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Even a heritage to Israel, his servant. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Who remembered us in our low estate. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And has rescued us from our adversaries. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Who gives food to all flesh. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of heaven. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, your loving kindness is everlasting. And Lord, the psalmist just was recording that and thinking that as he wrote this and was moved by you to write these things that just point to the very fact that your loving kindness, your mercy, your steadfast love is everlasting. It's eternal. It endures forever. Lord, we thank you for that very fact. Lord, help us be those who are thankful for the fact that your loving kindness is everlasting. And Lord, now as we look at this psalm, may it spur our hearts to thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that probably would be easier if it had music. But that was, the, that was how it was done. And maybe next time we'll switch. Alright? And, and maybe we'll have music. That's my hope. That's my assignment for you here, Jared. Well, I'm going to Russia. I'm going to Russia next week. I leave Saturday and be gone for a week and be teaching in Russia for, Russia for my seventh time. Uh, maybe you can work on that. Like, you don't have anything else to do. Um, well, you know, we live in a world that seems to find a problem with everything. Would you all agree? I think that radio, the wa radio waves would be mostly silent if radio programs were not allowed to complain. Think about that. The same goes with programs on TV, including ESPN. Many of those shows would go away if they didn't have something to complain about. CNN, Fox... Even the evening news would go away if they didn't have something to complain about. Workplaces around the coffee bar would probably be more, mostly silent. As would control rooms. 
and boardrooms if we didn't have something to complain about. And let me go ahead and throw in locker rooms as well. If we didn't have something to complain about, if they didn't have something to complain about, they'd be silent. Because most of what is said is complaining, it's negative. The negativity and complaining attitude seems to be at an all-time high in our world, especially in the United States. Some people are, are, would say, shame on those people. Shame on them for being so negative and complaining all the time. Because we Christians would never allow that kind of attitude to creep into the church, would we? Or would we? Did you see, there, there was a, right above the, the, the bulletin board, about two feet from above the bulletin board, there was a one-inch scratch above the bulletin board. I mean, what is our facility team doing? I mean, can they not keep up with the facility? There's a scratch, an inch scratch, two feet above the bulletin board, which means it's about six inches below the ceiling. Did you all see that? How awful is that? Jeez. And how about, you know, there was three crumbs in the corner of the grace room. I'm sure it's been hanging out there from the last time we ate. Where's the cleaning team been? I mean, don't they do anything around here? There's three crumbs in the corner. You all didn't see that? That's ridiculous. Do your job. <laughs> How about the music team? They sang another new song this morning. Would they get off the new songs? <laughs> and the children's team. Can you believe that? Oh, we're not even going to go to the children's team. It's that bad. And the elders, they probably just sit around on Friday morning when they get together at 5.30 a.m. and just drink coffee the whole time. Because nothing else gets done around here. They sure aren't shepherding, that's for sure. Let's go ahead and throw in the pastor while we're at it. He didn't even wear a tie this morning. Can you believe that? No tie. And this is a Thanksgiving Sunday morning. And didn't even wear a tie. Unbelievable. Well, the fact is, I probably went overboard. But maybe not. I don't know. If we're all honest, we can all too often let that negative, complaining attitude come in our own hearts, can't we? The very place that it should never be found, it creeps in. The conversations, though, instead, and the chatter in the body of Christ should sound more like this. You know, I'm so thankful for our facilities team who works so hard to make sure that things work right around here. I'm so thankful for the cleaning team that spends hours up here during the week giving us a facility that's clean. I'm so thankful to the Lord for that gift. I'm so thankful for the Lord for the music team that practices hard each week when no one else is up here to help lead us in worship through song. And I'm so thankful to the Lord for our children's ministry team and our children's teachers who study all week and they come and they bless our kids with the things they've learned. I'm so thankful for and we could just name on and on again. On and on and on. Well I just said a moment ago the church is the very place that the negative complaining attitude should never ever be found. Why is that? Why should a complaining negative attitude never be found in the body of Christ? Here's why. Because we understand grace. 
we understand unmerited favor getting something we don't deserve and I think even a greater definition of grace to give it to help us understand it better is demerited favor do you understand we're not starting out at even and God gives us favor we're starting out way down here and God gives us favor because we've all sinned there's no neutral people we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God and yet he gives us and gives us and gives us what do we deserve hell death because of our sin and yet he gives his son for those who were his enemies it says in Romans 5.10 and in Romans 5.8 says but God demonstrated his own love toward us in this while we were yet sinners Christ died for us we understand grace therefore since we do understand grace and mercy we should be the most thankful people in all of the world I love what one Puritan said anything this side of hell is mercy and when we understand that we've got a lot to be thankful for don't we more than we could ever imagine therefore our mouths should be the overflow of our heart and speak thankfulness at every turn. And not only should we be people who overflow with thanks. Let me say this again. Not only should we be people who overflow with thanks. But we must be people who overflow with thanks. Where do I get that? Well consider the verses here in First Thessalonians 5, 16-18. Rejoice always. Praise without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Giving thanks is God's will for us. People always want to know God's will. Alright? You may have had people, hey, what do you think God's will is? I'm, I'm just really trying to seek God's will for me. And, and I get that a lot, being a pastor. Derek gets that a lot. Jeff, you probably got that a lot, right? What's God's will for me? And we try to sit down with him and stuff like that. You know, I, I've just quit spending a whole lot of time about it. This is great. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And you know what? If we focused on those things in five years, that's what we want to know. God, where do you want me in five years? If we focused on those things and pursuing Christ in five years, you know where we'll be? Right in His will. And one of those is to give thanks. And therefore, if it's the will of God, it must be a command of God, right? And what do we learn in the Gospel of John about commands? John 14, 15. If you love me... You will keep my commandments. Giving thanks, being a thankful person is evidence of our love for God. You know, I love God, but can you believe? It shouldn't be like that, right? That, that shouldn't be the next thing out of our mouth. Boy, that can you? No. If we love God. Evidence will be that we're thankful. And I'm so thankful. Are we going to blow this? Sometimes you bet. I'm saying perfection. It's about direction. But it's evidence of our love for God. If we love God, we'll be thankful people. Now I'm not saying we can never give constructive criticism or ever point out where something needs to be improved. Of course I'm not. That's also in the scripture. But it's about the heart. How do we approach that? How do we do that? Well, compared to the amount of times we speak words of thanksgiving, it should be so small 
this constructive criticism and pointing out something needs to be improved, that we are never seen as a complainer or ungrateful critical person. You know, there's some people, the only thing that ever comes out of their mouth is complaining. And then they wonder why you're, you don't want to be around them. You see them coming, you're like running. Whoa. I mean, that's just, I mean you, can't, you can't wait to get away from them because you just can't take it anymore. Now, maybe we're laughing because sometimes we're like that, right? And we can get in, those, the, the, get in that funk and be like that. And it's, it's, it's terrible. But it should be the, it should be the exception, the, 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 the constructive criticism. And my prayer is that an attitude of thanksgiving will sweep over each one of us here this morning. And my prayer is that this attitude of thanksgiving will characterize Grace Bible Church. That a negative, complaining attitude will be so out of place, it will be shocking. Whoa, man. It doesn't sound like the people of Grace Bible Church at all. Well, do you need to be reminded of all that we have to be thankful for and why we should be thankful for it this morning? Well, even if none of the rest of you do, I do. I need to be reminded of all that I have to be thankful for. And all that we have to thank, be thankful for. So this sermon's really just for me this morning. If you'd like to listen to, I invite you to do that. Well, let's look at our, let's draw our attention here to Psalm 136. And we're going to see the importance of giving thanks to the Lord. And so that we want to, so we'll be people. Why are we going to look at this? So there will be people who are characterized by people, thanksgiving. That speak words of thanksgiving, have thankful hearts. And we're going to break it down into four sections, Okay. And the first section is verses 1 through 3. And that section I'm just entitling, A Call to Give Thanks to the Lord. A Call to Give Thanks to the Lord. Notice the beginning phrase for each of the first three verses. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Or give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Now this repetition here is a, uh, a device in poetry to draw our attention to it. It's like bold, underlined italics, elephant font, which my Mac doesn't have elephant font. I used to have that on my PC. I went Mac, and I don't have elephant font anymore. Now, I like elephant font. But it, it just draws your attention to it, and that is what the psalmist is saying here. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks so we don't miss it. And sometimes I'll repeat things, right? And it drives you nuts. But you don't forget, do you? And the psalmist is doing the same thing. We sing other songs that have repetition in the songs. So we won't forget. Same thing here. The repetition is to emphasize this very point. The people of God are to call to give thanks to the Lord. Uh, and this line carries all the way through this psalm. Now, it, you see it disappear, but it, it, it's overarching. So, for example, in, in, in verse 4, you could say this. Give thanks to him who alone does great wonders. Verse 5, give thanks to him who made the heavens. Verse 6, give thanks to him who spread out the earth above the waters. It's just carrying it on without repeating it the rest of the psalm. It's just, it's just overarching of the whole psalm. Now notice that uh, the, the psalmist here in verse 1 uses the word Lord there. Give thanks to the Lord. Look at your Bibles there. you see anything unique about L-O-R-D there? All caps. Some of your Bibles, it will be all caps. And they do that in some of our translations to emphasize it's a particular word for Lord. It's the word Yahweh. Yahweh. And that is the name that when Moses said, God, who shall I say sent you? He says, you tell him Yahweh sent you. I am sent you. 
And, and this is to emphasize the covenant keeping, the eternal nature of God. He's eternal and he's faithful. So when you see that Lord, this capital R, it's, he's an eternal and faithful God. Then in verse 2, it, it changes. Give thanks to the God of gods. And the word God there is the word Elohim, which means mighty one or almighty. So we're to give thanks to the eternal, faithful, mighty God. Now look at verse 3. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Now this is a different Lord. Is that Lord a little bit different in your Bibles? It's not all caps, is it? And this is the word Adonai. And that word points to master or ruler or sovereign or king. That's the idea. So we're to give thanks to the eternal, faithful, mighty God who rules over all. Now, that's enough right there to give thanks, isn't it? And we could just stop right there at verse 3. That's the kind of God we give thanks to. But we're not going to stop at verse 3 because the psalmist didn't stop at verse 3. There's more. And we're just getting going. It's kind of like my introduction sometimes. I get all ramped up right there. And we're just, just getting started, right? And that's, that's the psalmist here just getting started expressing his thanks to the Lord. Notice the second line in each of, the, of those three verses. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Uh, other translations, the ESV says his steadfast love endures forever. Uh, the NIV says for his love endures forever. The King James says his mercy endureth forever. Uh, the word here is the word hesed in Hebrew. Sometimes it's translated mercy. Sometimes it's translated love. The, the context kind of dictates that. But it has this idea of a covenant faithful love. A long lasting love. And I think that's the, the idea the ESV says. Steadfast love. His love is forever. Because he's made a promise to love them. Lord your steadfast love. Your love for your people is forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His love is like no other. Well, the rest of the psalm has this, this same theme. And you see this. Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness endures forever. We just repeated it, what, 26 times? We just did, yeah, 26 times. And that's what this, that, that, this, the, the theme, give thanks for his loving kindness is everlasting. Now let's look at the second section. That's the first section, the call to give thanks to the Lord. The second section is verses 4 through 22, and it's the causes for giving thanks to the Lord. Or we could say reasons. Look at verses 4 through 9 with me. To him who alone does great wonders, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Now, you could look at that and just say, well, okay, great wonders. We can think about a lot of great wonders, right? I mean, think about what God did in separating the Red Sea. Wow. He's going to get to that. And you could think about God and the fact that he used Samson with a jawbone to defeat a whole army. That's a great wonder. And in life, Samson's life, when he came back around, he put him between these two pillars of this pagan temple and he crushed it. Wow. Amazing. Great wonders. How about David? Little David against big Goliath. Kills him with a little stone. Right in the forehead. Wow. Great wonders. 
but he's going to explain to us what wonders he's wanting us to think of right now. That's some other great ones. Look at verse 5. To him who made the heavens with skill, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made the great lights, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To the sun to rule by day, for his loving kindness is everlasting. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his loving kindness is everlasting. What's he pointing to here? Creation. So, so the, the, the first cause for giving thanks to the Lord is creation. We, we can't miss it. So my question to you and to me is, do you take time each day to give thanks to the Lord for his creation? Now, we got a lot of humidity around here in mosquitoes, right? And we complain about that a whole lot. But have you ever seen the sunsets around here? There's not many places like it anywhere. I love Kentucky, and you all know that. But we don't have sunsets like this. It's amazing. We get just up and say, Lord, thank you so much for painting that beautiful sunset. We have many opportunities to thank the Lord for the creation around us. When a baby's born, whoa! How did that happen? That's amazing. Lord, thank you for, for this miracle of a child. I'm telling you, medical experts cannot explain how all that happens. They can't. Something is, um, I don't know. Why? Because God's involved and he's in God, involved. It's amazing. You look at that. You know, I, back when I taught through Genesis, and there was a lot more than 77 messages in Genesis. John was long, right? I think it was 107 or something like that. But in Genesis, and when I was talking about the creation, and I did some study on some of the things that God created, and there's this thing called the bombarder beetle. All right, and the bombarder beetle, one of the, it's just a little beetle, and one of the things, it's the defense, if you all may remember, it's got two chambers in it, and it's got these two chemicals, and they heat up. And if those two chemicals came together inside of the bombarder beetle's body, it would explode. But God made it so this bombarder beetle takes these two chemicals, and they come together and mix right together as they're coming out of the back of the bombarder beetle, and they explode in the face of its predator. That's amazing. I mean, how that God could do that, that they don't just self-explode. That it comes out just the right, this right kind of mix at the right time, and boom. Give thanks to the Lord. For him who does great wonders in creation. And we could go on and on. There's just some amazing things. We got chemists and physics, physicists in here and, and engineers. You all could probably tell us some other amazing things. That we should just go, Lord, thank you for the creation. Amazing. Let's now look at verses 10 through 15. To him who smote the Egyptians in their, first, in their firstborn, for his loving kindness is everlasting. What happened there? What's he talking about? The Passover. It's the last of the plagues. And, and Pharaoh is trying to keep the people from worshiping God and, 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 and keep them from doing what God wants them to do. And God is calling them out. And, and Moses keeps going back and back and back. And God just keeps on throwing down one... Uh, plague after another. And just really, if you look at those plagues, they, all of them show that God is greater than all their false gods. And this last one, this, this Passover, he said to the Israelites, hey, everybody, kill a lamb. Put its blood over the doorpost and the lintel of your, uh, of, your, of, your, of your door. And when that death angel comes, I will pass over the houses who trust me, who have faith in my provision for you. And the death angel comes. But the Egyptians didn't do that because they trusted in their false gods. And God took all the firstborn of 
not just people but of animals amazing why because he loved his people for his loving kindness is everlasting let's go on and brought Israel out from their midst for his loving kindness is everlasting verse 12 with a strong hand and an outstretched arm for his loving kindness is everlasting and I just referred to this to him who divided the Red Sea asunder for his loving kindness is everlasting now, I don't, you ever remember seeing the old movie, The Ten Commandments? Charleston Heston, Moses. He was a good Moses, right? You may remember that. Now, there's a lot of things in there that are kind of hokey and stuff like that. But boy, when they show the Red Sea being divided, that's how I imagine it. I mean, it's just water's just held up and there's roaring all around them. And all these people, a few million people at this time, they cross over on dry land. That is amazing. God's delivering his people from that let's go on verse 14 and made Israel pass through the midst of it and verse 15 for his loving kindness is everlasting and verse 15 but he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea for his loving kindness is everlasting wow so, so what's a cause for thanksgiving here I've just entitled it deliverance he delivered his people from the oppression of sin. Now think about this. Think about this. And he's delivered you and me too, hasn't he? We talked about earlier what we deserve. Because we've all sinned. God is a just God. And if he's not a just God, then we shouldn't worship him. He's a just God. He must punish sin. And we are sinful. And we're under the justice and under the wrath of God because of our sin. Rightfully so. And yet God sent the Lamb of God, as John said in chapter 1, who takes away the sin of the world. And he was slain. And his blood was wiped over our life so we might be delivered from the wrath of God. And beyond that, not just are we saved what from the, uh, uh, saved from the, the, the penalty of sin, but we're also daily saved by what? from the power of sin. We're delivered from the power of sin. We now have the ability to say, you know what? I don't have to sin anymore. I don't have to. Now we sometimes still choose to, but we don't have to. So when the enemy comes and tempts us, we say, no, -uh, I don't have to do that anymore. Because what Jesus did for me, I'm delivered from that. And one day, not only are we delivered from the penalty of sin and, and we're being delivered from the power of sin but one day we'll be delivered from the presence of sin and oh I can't wait for that deliverance we, have, we can give thanks to the Lord for his deliverance now let's look before we look at that the question for us to consider is do we give thanks daily for his deliverance in our life and oh we could go on forever about how much we have to give thanks for him delivering us from things every single day Next look at verses 16 through 22. 
To him who led his people through the wilderness for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who smote great kings for his loving kindness is everlasting. And slew mighty kings for his loving kindness is everlasting. Sihon, king of Amorites, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And Og, king of Bashan, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And gave their land as an heritage for his loving kindness is everlasting. Even a heritage to Israel, his servant, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Now you can say that's kind of just continuing on about deliverance. No, it's more than that. He's giving them something. He's giving them the land. And these kings that are in the land, this is not in Egypt anymore. They're coming to the land and God is empowering his people to overcome these mighty, mighty armies. And Jericho is the best one, isn't it? I want you to march around that, um, that wall one time a day for six days. And on the seventh day, march seven times around both trumpets. Now, I like the VeggieTale version of this, if you ever see this. And you've got these guys on on top of the wall and they're mocking the Israelites and there's these little pea soldiers they're like these little green peas you know and they're, they're mocking the Israelites you know and they sing who, who they think they're going to knock it down our wall and they've got a little accent I can't do it but it's hilarious and in some ways there's some truth in the way it's presented they're mo- are you kidding you're going to walk around our wall who do you think you are on the seventh day they didn't say that because God gave them the land he took Jericho and he took all the other, all the, other um, the nations and the people and the cities in that land and he, and he gave them to his people because he promised he would. He's a covenant keeping God. He promised he would give them the land. He provided for them. So I just I said the third cause for giving thanks here is provision. Provision. He provided for them the land that was what? Flowing with what? Milk and honey. You remember when they sent the spies in? You ought to see the grapes in that place. The watermelons are Unbelievable. It was an unbelievable land. It's not, you know, a lot of Israel is more desert now. There's some beautiful places in Israel, no doubt. But when God recreates Israel, it ain't going to be like that anymore. It's going to be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And those big grapes will be there again. Even better than that, God will be there. But it's provision. He provides. So we have reason to give thanks. They had reason to give thanks because he provides. Do we take the time each day to give thanks to the Lord for provision? Now we probably can all say, you know, before I, before I have my meal, I, I thank the Lord for my meal. And that's good. I'm not saying don't do that. But do we sometimes just kind of go through the motions? And our, we say the same prayer that we said yesterday? Mm. I know I do sometimes. Do we thank the Lord daily for his provision? Let's look at the third section of the psalm, verses 23 to 26. Who remembered us in our lowest state, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And he has rescued us from our adversaries, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Who gives food to all flesh, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his loving kindness is everlasting. So not only do we give thanks for... um, are we called to give thanks and there are the causes for giving thanks but there's also a concluding giving of thanks this is kind of the conclusion uh, it's a review or a summary of the psalm and if you look at these phrases who remembered us in our lowest state for his loving kindness especially these next two as he rescued us from our adversaries remember we had a portion of him res- per- delivering us right and then who gives food to all flesh provision this is kind of the summary of all that he's already said it's a concluding statement and it's a fitting conclusion to this psalm of thanks, isn't it? To remind us over and over again. I don't know about you all. I'm like Peter. Who when you read First and Second Peter, he says, I write these things to rem- remind you. I remember. Over and over again. In those two little epistles he writes. 
I need to be reminded. And so much, I like the psalmist here, the way they wrote. Of course, I like it because God inspired him to write it, right? But I like it because he repeats something he already said before. Just in case we forget it, down through verses 22. He says, just in case you forgot, this is kind of what this is about. And this is why we're to give thanks to God. Well, let's consider the fourth section of this psalm. You all see the fourth section in there? You look at your Bibles, you're going to go, what, what fourth section is he talking about? What kind of Bible is he reading? Well, yeah, there's not a verse 27, but in sense there is. I've entitled this last section, A Continual Giving Thanks to the Lord. Verse 26 should not be the end of giving thanks to the Lord. It should just be priming the pump, wetting our whistle for more thanks. It should continue. For example, give thanks to the Lord who graciously brought us, his, brought us to be his own into a right relationship with him through Christ. His loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord who graciously called each person to Grace Bible Church as a part of this family for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord who gave his word that we might know him. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord who empowers us by the Holy Spirit to bring him glory. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord who gave each of us gifts to encourage and serve one another. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord who gave us this building in which we get to meet. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And for those of you who have been here from the beginning... You're even more thankful for this building because we used to have to pack up the trailer every Sunday. For his loving kindness is everlasting. I want you to do something a little bit different here this morning. Every once in a while I'll do this. I want you just to look at somebody and, and lovingly exhort them to give thanks to the Lord. Just look at somebody and say, give thanks to the Lord. Look at someone. Now say it with some heart, my goodness. Now look at somebody else and say, give thanks to the Lord. Now, I just, I just told you to do that, okay? But more importantly, God tells us to do that. And my heart is that will be the attitude. And that will be the spirit of Grace Bible Church. We have people always giving thanks. People just come in, man, they just give thanks for everything. Man, I'm just so thankful for those chairs. I'm so thankful for the carpet. Man, that fern, man, I'm thankful for that. And I am thankful for that because if I decorated this place, it'd be ugly. And you wouldn't be. It's because His loving kindness is everlasting. We've seen so much for which to be thankful for. And we could think on and on. But we don't have time to go through all of it. And let me say this. When we think about all we have to be thankful for, we don't have time to complain. We'll never see the inch mark up there that I don't even know is there. I just made it up, right? That's above the bulletin board. We'll never see that. Let me challenge each family represented here this morning to, to take some time this Thursday or sometime this week or maybe even today and, and do this exercise. I think I, I exhorted you all to do this many years ago. Sit down and get a piece of paper out and write down a hundred things that you're thankful for. hundred? If you start doing that, you won't be able to stop at a hundred. I guarantee it. I challenge you. Go ahead. You will keep going. You will, oh, we don't get to do a hundred? Are you kidding me? We want to do more. And in fact, that's not something we should just do once a year. We ought to do that at least once a month, if you ask me. Maybe every day. It's to be, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we need that help, don't we, to be reminded of how much we'll be thankful for. Let me share with you something I'm thankful for this week, and many things. Um, but a good friend of mine um, named Ken Leonard, 
is the head football coach at a high school in Springfield and one of my best friends. And one of the very first coach I met when I went on staff with a Christian athlete, he told me he was a terrorist for Jesus. I mean, he just, he just come to know the Lord. I mean, he was fired up, and he's still fired up, and I love him. And he, he's a very successful football coach, many, won many state championships. And his, uh, before yesterday, the last weekend, they qualified for the semifinals for State 5A in Illinois. And that next day, all right, and they, they qualified to play against another team in Washington, which is around Peoria, just north of them, about an hour and a half. Um, that, that team qualified. So they're going to play each other th- yesterday, all right? Well, on Sunday, an F4 tornado came through Washington. It's destroyed a thousand homes. We watched some video the other day, John. And I did. It just picked, just homes just gone. I mean, just completely. F4 gone. And Coach Leonard got on the phone that night and called that coach and their athletic director. Say, what can we do to help? Said, yeah, he's just being nice. I mean, they're going to play them. They're just, he's just wanting to get, you know, press or whatever. That's not Coach Leonard at all. You know what they did? They chartered twelve buses to go up there and pick their fans up to bring them down to the game. Twelve buses. They don't go for free. They fed all the fans and the team before and after the game. And they raised thousands of dollars and gave it to the high school. And they're getting ready to play them to go to the state championship. That didn't happen. It can only be explained by God. And I'm thankful when someone understands the grace of God, they give it to others. So they too can be thankful for the work of God in their life. I'm thankful for that this week. In a world that's all about themselves, that someone be selfless. And who cares about a game? And that's what really Kim, Coach was talking about. I talked to him twice this week. The game wasn't, it was important in, in a minor sense, but not in the big scheme of things, was it? At all. And they serve that community. And I bet they keep serving them. I'm thankful for that. You know, I, I found something this week. Um, Jared, I'm killing your songs, aren't I? All right. We got, we're going to sing after this. I found something this week, and I, I had recorded, and I was trying to find something else, and I ran across this. Thanksgiving Reflections 2006. Um, and I'd written the top, top of that. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Psalm 136.1. So here's what I recorded. Just personal. Lord, thank you that before the foundation of the world, you chose to send your son to pay for my sin and redeem me from the penalty of death that I rightly deserved. Lord, thank you for orchestrating the events surrounding my life in such a way that your plan to redeem me was not only assured, but it was accomplished by your grace. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit who convicted me and converted me and works daily to conform me more and more to the image of your son. Lord, thank you for your holy, inerrant, and sufficient word that teaches and reproves and corrects and trains me in righteousness so that I might be adequately equipped for every good work. Lord, thank you for daily illuminating me to the truth of your word and empowering me to walk in its truth for your glory. Lord, thank you for your patience toward me in the midst of my sin. Lord, thank you that I'm forgiven forever through the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for enabling me to understand that your loving kindness is surely everlasting. Lord, thank you for giving me my godly wife and John L., who daily challenges me with her love for you, your word, and your people. Lord, thank you for over 11 years. Now, it's a lot more than that. 
of blissful marriage. Lord, thank you for continuing to teach me how to love John Ellis. Christ loved the church and gave herself up, gave himself up for her. Lord, thank you for giving me a helpmate who desires that you be glorified in all things. Lord, thank you for Joshua, Anna Marie, Jonathan, Michaela, and I can now add Kylie and James. Lord, thank you for the joy that they bring to my life. Thank you for how they challenge me to have a childlike faith that believes and trusts no matter the circumstances. Lord, thank you for granting granting John L. be the grace to love them and instruct them in the discipline and instruction of you. Lord, thank you for godly marriage. Thank Thank you for godly parents who shared the gospel with me with their lives and lips. And Lord, thank you for their example of faithfulness to you and to each other. Lord, thank you for moving their hearts to pray for my salvation. And you know, I wish I could go and find on my computer Thanksgiving Reflections for 2007, in 2008, and 9, and 10, 11, 12. But I didn't do this. And not that I'm not thankful, but maybe I need to do this every year. And just reflect on His grace toward me. And I want to encourage you to do something like that. It doesn't have to be like that. But it just convicted me as I read that. I need to be more thankful. And my prayer is you join me in giving thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for you. Just being you, Lord, out of your character and your person overflows grace. And Lord, for those who have been captured by your grace, Lord, help us be thankful people. Help us uh, honor you by putting aside complaining and bitterness and putting on thankful hearts. Lord, as we sing now, may we do it with thankful hearts. For your loving kindness is everlasting. Amen.